Okay, guys, welcome back to the Wool Report radio series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams. I'm now broadcasting live from Newark, New Jersey. We got another one, another great interview coming up with my main man, Larry Crane, a.k.a. Larry the Lawyer. It's my guy right here. We talked about Jersey, the renaissance we got going on in Newark downtown district. A lot of gems in this episode. I'm going to need you guys to follow my Twitter, War Report Radio, straight through. Follow my Instagram page, War underscore Report underscore Radio. Shout out to all the listeners. Of course, we're getting a great response from that Rashawn Davis episode. So, shout out to all the loyal listeners out there. You can catch my show on iTunes podcast section. For my iPhone users, go to the iTunes podcast section, type in War Report Radio Series. My show is going to pop right up. I'm going to need you guys to simply hit that subscribe button right there so that you guys can keep up with the show. For my Stitcher users, Android users, download that Stitcher app, type in War Report Radio Series. It's going to pop right up. I'm going to need you guys to hit that subscribe button. Like, share, subscribe. We got another dope episode coming right up. Larry Crane, drop it now, man. Peace. Okay, we got a special guest on What's the World Report. My main man, Larry Crane, man. Say something to the people. What's up? I am uh, want to say what's up, everybody out there in the city of Newark and the rest of the state of New Jersey. Yep. Happy to be here on the, on the show with my yeah. man, Jared Adams, discuss the state and the city and whatever else, I guess, comes to mind. Okay. In this conversation. Now, now, funny, you know, I'll just start right here. I saved you my phone as Larry DeLore. You know, we met at Hotel <laughs> Indigo. We'll start there. We met at Hotel Indigo. I was bartending. You were a patron. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You like to relax, chill yes. after work and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Especially at the rooftop. Yeah. Uh, shout, out to the, shout out to the Sky Lab. <laughs> yeah, the Sky Lab. That's the name shout of it officially. Yeah, and that's uh, I usually go. You know, I go almost every week sometimes just to hang out, grab mm-hmm. a drink on Fridays. They got karaoke in there on Fridays. Yeah, now. it's yeah, kind of yeah. crazy because you know you got the uh, Hotel Indigo is interesting, kind of a microcosm of the city of Newark because you got the patrons of the hotel mm-hmm. could be from anywhere from I've met Europeans there, international, Texas. Yeah, and then you got the local people of Newark in there, so it's a good mix, mm-hmm. and uh, karaoke night is entertaining for that purpose. So If you're looking to see who Larry Crane is, check him out at Hotel <laughs> yeah. Indigo. But I don't, I don't get on the mic. You catch him on a, on a <laughs> random night. On a random night, you Ra- just might see Larry Crane up in there. Random night, random afternoon. The night I met you was actually, uh, it was an afternoon. Mm-hmm. The afternoon I took my last law school exam, which is how amazing. Yeah, how we met. Um you were you were on, you were sky high that day. You were, yeah. you were in good spirits. You know what I mean. Just passed the law exam. No, actually, it was crazy. I, I only passed my last test. I still had mm-hmm. to go over last summer, this last summer, and take the exam, which I did pass. Mm-hmm. New York and New Jersey. Okay, uh, but that was just my last day of school, so I was high at that point. You know, mm-hmm. sky high. And what uh, does that mean, though? You passed the test for New York and New Jersey. That means you're official. Yes. In so, what capacity? So when you take the bar exam, so first you got to go to law school. It's three years on yeah. top of your undergrad education. Okay. Um. 
Um, and I did that. I did that at Rutgers. I uh, went to undergrad at Rutgers Newark and law school at Rutgers Newark. But once you do that, then you got to go take the bar exam. Mm-hmm. And every state has their own exam. So in order to be licensed to practice law, to be an official attorney in mm-hmm. each state, you got to take the bar exam. So I took the New York bar exam and the New Jersey bar exam. Mm-hmm. Pass uh, both. Pass both. Or each state's bar exam the same or are they a little bit different? So some states have a uniform bar exam, mm-hmm. which is, you know, uh, a bunch of states given the same test and they apply to all those states. Okay. New York and New Jersey at the time that I took the exams had their own unique tests. So okay. the way it works is it's three days long. The first day is New York's test. It's only about New York law. Mm-hmm. The second day is a multiple choice test that applies to both states. Wow. Then the third day is the New Jersey only exam. Okay. Crazy. I actually had to go to Buffalo, New York to take the New York part. Really? You had to drive up to Buffalo, which to be honest, if anybody ever goes to Buffalo, uh, they got some good restaurants and things up there. It's a pretty cool town. It's similar to Newark. It's it's mm-hmm. like the same size, the same vibe. Yeah. All I can think about Buffalo is that it's probably really cold. Yo, that's the and thing. So it was del- about the Buffalo Bills and how cold those fans are <laughs> in the yeah. NFL stadium. Hell so yeah. I, I've never been to Buffalo. <laughs> that was the first time I've ever been there, and it was the summer. So I made the mistake. I was like, yo, it's nice here. And everybody's like, they're like, listen, it's nice now because it's July. Okay. But you won't like it here in the middle of the winter. So cool. It's freezing in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, man. It's upstate like, New York. That's yeah. Like, way upstate. Way, way upstate. So Canada, right? Yeah, it, actually, you're right by the Canadian border when you're up there. Niagara Falls. Yeah, I went Buffalo. to Niagara Falls when I went. I still haven't even been to Niagara Falls. Man. I went. That was the first time I've ever been there. Okay. So, so that was fun. But anyway, once you take that test, then I had to come back down to see Caucus to take the Jersey mm-hmm. side of the test. So it was a crazy three days. But I did find out that I passed, and I did. I'm officially licensed. I'm an official attorney in the state of New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I have to do a couple more administrative steps to be a licensed attorney in New York. Mm-hmm. But I passed the test, so you know it's it's almost going to be a wrap pretty soon with that. Okay, my next question would be: What type of attorney are you? There's many different types of attorneys. Break that down. You said that you were coming from Patterson, which was was a surprise to me. Um, so, what do you do out in Patterson? Right. What type of attorney are you? So interestingly. The way Jersey works, and not every state does this, is, you know, when doctors come out of medical school, they do a residency, a couple years to learn how to be a doctor, and then, you know, before they go out into their own practice. Mm -hmm. Lawyers are similar in the state of New Jersey. We have something called a clerkship, and what it is is as soon as you come out of law school, you usually do a one-year position uh, working for a judge. Okay. Uh, And I wanted to do criminal law, so Mm -hmm. I wanted to work for a criminal judge, so I got hired by a criminal judge, Um, but then he got switched to civil which mm-hmm. is civil litigation. It's anything from people have contract disputes, um, people get hurt in car accidents, people slip on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, civil lawsuits, as I understand, is like somebody suing another person over yes. or, damages and stuff like that. Yes, right? and also cities. Uh, so people sue the city of Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, businesses in disputes with each other. So it's all of those things. So mm-hmm. interestingly, I got switched to civil uh, my judge got switched to civil. Yeah. So for this year, it ends in August. I'm doing civil litigation work while mm-hmm. working for a judge. Okay. After this, I have, you know, I could go one of two ways, really. I could either go into a law firm and do civil litigation, which pays a lot of money. But, you know, it's it's civil litigation, which, it, hey, that's a good practice. People need help with that. But mm-hmm. what is civil litigation for the average listener who doesn't understand what civil litigation is? What is that? Civil litigation is um, 
like any of those things we just talked about. So yeah, if okay. you were to file any kind of lawsuit, if you got hurt in a car accident, mm-hmm. if if you were discriminated against at work, okay. uh, if you um, uh, have a, something against the police, or mm-hmm. if you have a uh, two businesses that had a contract and they mm-hmm. have a dispute about the contract, any of those things are uh, civil. Are civil? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't make the connection before. Yeah, yeah. From civil lawsuit and civil litigation is kind of basically the same right. thing. And, and the thing with litigation is litigation means that you're you're litigating a case, right? So you could be a lawyer and you could be the guy who writes the contracts. That's not litigation. That's just, you know, you're writing contracts. Mm-hmm. More compliance. You're making sure everybody's good at the beginning of the deal. Mm-hmm. Litigation is once there's a dispute. Once you're going to court and you have a dispute with somebody else, mm-hmm. if you're a civil litigator... You're the attorney that represents the person in the dispute. Like you're going to court mm-hmm. to to resolve the issue on both on both sides. Yes, okay. yes. So interestingly, I could do that, but I was always interested in criminal law first because mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to be a public servant. You know what I mean? And and yeah. and, and work for the the city and try to uh, the county really is how it works in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And and you know uh, work to to remedy some of the crime problems we have, some of the mm-hmm. other issues we have. So I interviewed with Essex County prosecutors. I was going to ask that was my next question. Why not be a prosecutor if you wanted to work yeah. in criminal issues? So I interviewed with Essex County prosecutor's office in February, and I'm waiting on hearing about a second interview. So okay. if all goes well, that's my number one chance choice because choice. I, I want to be in Essex County and I want to you know work for the the people of the city and of the county, and that's really where my heart was. Mm-hmm. And I could always do civil litigation later in life or. Or something else, or you know, more government work, you know. So, so I'm hoping to be a criminal attorney to be mm-hmm. a prosecutor, but we'll see how that plays out in the next uh, couple months. Okay, speaking of like prosecutors and stuff, mm-hmm. can you break down what kind of goes on behind the scenes? Because, to my understanding, with the law, you know, I have been in a courtroom before. All the lawyers kind of work together sometimes on certain cases or or, or say if it's like a, a case that may be thrown out, right. you know, uh, one lawyer might speak to the, the prosecution and yeah. work out some type of deal. Like, do you guys stick to some type of lawyer code where it goes beyond your client or is that not true? That's not true. And I think I think where some of the confusion comes in is... Um, Actually, it was outside Patterson Courthouse the other day, and somebody came up to me. He's like, are you a lawyer? I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you the kind of lawyer that defends people? I'm mm-hmm. like, no, not yet. You know. And he said, well, I want I want to get my own lawyer because I got a public defender, and I think he's a public pretender. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, and okay. me being a lawyer, you know, obviously, I, I think public defenders do, do good work, uh, and I think all lawyers do, do good work. But I think where, where that belief comes in is, is what happens is, Say you, you, you're in a criminal uh, matter and or, or civil matter, uh, and you have an attorney. Mm-hmm. Now, the way lawyers work, the way the court system works, is that there's no secrets. Basically, anything that one side knows, mm-hmm. you have to disclose to the other side. Okay. So any evidence that the prosecutor knows about, that the defense attorney knows about, mm-hmm. that uh, if it's civil, like the two sides know about, you have to give each other Everything you have. So there's no such thing as surprises in the courtroom? Yeah, nothing. You can't surprise them. And, and the reason that works is because the, the idea of the law of the courts is to put everything on the table, all the facts, all the truth, and then decide who's right and who's wrong based mm-hmm. on the truth, not based on... On evidence. Yeah, based on the truth. So what you have a lot of times in a criminal case or in a civil case is... The truth is the truth. And and a lot of times a lawyer will go in and, and, and we're cordial with each other. Mm-hmm. 
So some lawyers, just like any other job, some of us don't like each other. Some of us like each other. Mm-hmm. Could have something to do with the case. You might not like each other from law school. You might like each other from law school. Either okay. way, when you go in, if you represent somebody, it's unethical. You could actually get disbarred mm-hmm. unless you represent the utmost uh, interest of your client. So you have to represent your client to the full extent of your ability. Okay. But when you now, when you walk into to court and there's another lawyer there, mm-hmm. you put everything on the table. Both you put everything on the table, and at that point, you make an assessment. If there's a ton of evidence, say against my client, mm-hmm. I might say you might want to plea, plea out to this mm-hmm. because if they're offering say four years, yeah, they got a lot of evidence against you. You okay. take this to trial, you might lose, and then it's going to be ten years, twenty years, whatever. Yeah. If it's civil litigation, you say, well, look, they got a good case. So we should pay them $10,000 right now because if we go to trial, mm-hmm. jury might give them 50000 that, And that's really how it works. So okay. it's not it, like the lawyers get together and kind of you know, work with each other. Like, it's, hey, you could, can you make my client a deal? And No, yeah, none of that. It's not like that. It's more like, hey, we meet with each other and we decide here's what's on the table. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out what's best and then advise our client as to what is in his or her best interest. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of works behind the scenes. Okay, man. Okay, so who is Larry Crane, man? Let's, let's get into that. All right, let's get into where, where are you from, <laughs> and uh, how does it feel to be the first uh, white member on the war report? First, <laughs> white, first white Yeah, first white guy on the, on the war report. Actually, uh, so so that's not new to me to be the first white guy in, mm-hmm. in, in different places, different venues, which is which is cool with me. I uh, I've always kind of bridged gaps in that regard, and uh, you know I'm a white dude in Newark, New Jersey, so that that happens. But um. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Freehold, Freehold, New Jersey, which is in Monmouth County. That's mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know. That's near some notable cities in the area. I mean, Freehold's the county seat of Monmouth, and mm-hmm. then you have you know Red Bank, you have Asbury Park, you have uh, Long Branch, you have uh, oh man, I don't most know, people Belmar. know Monmouth for Monmouth University. Yeah, Monmouth University. That's you know in West Long Branch. It, yeah, because it has um, you know I mean some namesake, I guess. You know, yeah, they, yeah, and like they, the name the, sticks with you. Yeah, and they play ball. They got a decent basketball team too. Yeah, they actually lost to on um, Myona. I who, saw um, that. Shout out to Isaiah Williams. He was on the war. Yeah, I saw. I listened to that. Which yeah, was cool. and uh, Iona wind up beating Mammoth. And Mammoth, if you watch in, uh, news NJ twelve, uh-huh. uh huh, they had they did a long story on Mammoth and their potential to get to the tournament all year. Right, long, I remember. They wind up losing in the tournament championship to Iona. So right. shout out to Isaiah Williams. They made it to the tournament. He said on the war report actually he wanted to make the tournament. Yeah, that was that was a big goal for him. And yeah, they, and they made it. So now I'm finally given the opportunity to shout him out. Yeah, it, like, that's huge. It came up. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, pretty, yeah. It's pretty cool. That's um, definitely cool. Okay, now break down. You said you're from Monmouth County. Yes. Freehold, so New Jersey. Freehold, New Jersey, yes. How'd you make your ways to uh, Newark, New Jersey? So, number one, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jersey guy through and through. So, I've always had interest in the whole state. I mean, I used to do music when I was young, and I would go from Sussex County to Cape May County selling CDs, things of that nature. So, I've been around the state. Mm-hmm. What type of music? Uh, mostly hip hop music and jazz music, uh, oh. electronic jazz music. So, wow. So I was, and that was my, you know, my former incarnation, my 20s. That's really what I did for a long time. And I, uh, you know, once it was time, I wasn't going to make it in that Mm -hmm. regard. You know, I kind of shifted gears. And I'd always been in school with an interest in law. So that's how that came about. But Newark itself, uh, my aunt always lived in Jersey City when I was growing up. So I was up in this area a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, it came time to, I was in Brookdale Community College, which is Monmouth's community college for two years. Mm-hmm. And it was time to go to, you know, university to do my bachelor's degree. And 
I wanted to go to Rutgers, mm-hmm. and so I applied, and I wound up getting into Rutgers Newark's uh, Arts and Sciences program. Okay. And so I uh, I got in here as a political science major, and so I came to Newark as an undergraduate. Okay. And little by Rutgers little, Newark. yeah, Rutgers. Did you stay Newark. on campus? Or At did first, you no. So. In undergrad, I didn't stay on campus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hold on, let me. Yeah. Before we get too far into sure. that, what was your rap name, by the way? I'm pretty sure people. Are going My to rap that. name was Illuciato. Illuciato. What the? What? That uh, means say the it one smooth, more time. Illuciato. Illuciato. Yeah, and that was a smooth illusion in, in Italian because I'm. Ooh. <laughs> I'm Italian. I'm Irish, uh, and I'm also a little Hungarian. That's so, rare, man. Yeah. I actually like that, man. It's yeah. Pretty, I like the rarest, and it actually is like kind of. Deals with something that you. All right, now yeah, we can go back to yeah. Rutgers Nork now. <laughs> so break break that down. Uh, your your time at Rutgers Nork. So man. so Rutgers Nork, <laughs> undergrad man. I came up and uh, I would commute from Freehold, which is about it's about you know with no traffic, forty five minutes to fifty minutes with traffic could be like up to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So it varied by day. Okay. Um, and 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 you know little by little, and and Newark will get into it. I'm sure a little later, but downtown Newark, especially when University Heights mm-hmm. was different than it is now. Much and different. It, it's always changing. So I initially, you know, started to just kind of explore between classes. Started out, I would go down University Ave and just have lunch. And then it was like, you know, I'll walk to Washington Park, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll walk to Military Park. And I started to just kind of get get involved, you know, just see the city a little bit more and more by being an undergraduate. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to apply to law school, mm-hmm. I had really good test scores to get into law school, and I had gotten into a couple really good ones. And I won't name the one I got into that was a kind of a tough decision. It was a top 20 law school, and it was in it was not in the state. Mm-hmm. And I made up my mind from being an undergraduate and from being in the city, you know, and seeing what, what was going on in the city and, and overall, you know, my opinion of the city. And also being a New Jersey person, I think... Newark is a very important and focal part of the state of New Jersey. And so mm-hmm. when it came time to pick a law school, number one, I loved Rutgers Newark's campus. I loved my time there. Mm-hmm. And number two, I decided I want to be a part of what's going on in the city of Newark. And okay. so that's what made me choose to stay on that campus and go to Rutgers Newark Law School. Okay. And at that point, I moved on to, I moved off campus, but I moved to downtown Newark. So it's almost about four years that I've been a permanent resident uh, of the city. Okay, now break it down the years uh, as far as you, you living in the city. What year was it that um, it was time for you to like go to law school and actually start living in, in Newark? 20, what, what, break, yeah, break it down. 2012. This is 2012. 2012. Okay. Now, interestingly, I came here in 2008 for undergrad. Okay. For undergrad. Yeah. And and so one it was of, much different back then. You know, and it's crazy. It was so much different. People don't really see. I mean, if you've been here a long time, even longer than me, you really see it. And if you've been here just as long as me, things like the Haynes Building that's over there, it's on Broad Street and uh, what's the other street, but it's in between Broad Street and Halsey Street. Mm-hmm. That was a dilapidated building. Nothing was there. Yeah, shut down. And yeah. across the street from that was the old uh, S. Klein building, which was also a dilapidated building. Which one is the S. Klein building? That the was Griffith a big... building or... Well, see, the Griffith building is on the other side of Haynes. On the other side of that mm-hmm. was the S. Klein building, which is now demolished, where the Prudential Tower is now. The new oh, Prudential okay. Tower. That was S. Klein. And it All was right. an abandoned building. Abandoned. Military Park, which is across Broad Street, was an old park. The uh, Sword Fountain was, was... It was deserted. And there... 
Nobody really no one to, was used to go to military park. And the truth now is the focal point kind of right. A it, lot of right. A lot of energy like in development yeah. in the summertime especially. They got festivals and yoga and chess now yeah. in the park. And it's it's interesting because uh, I went to uh, St. Phillips mm-hmm. before it moved on to Central Avenue. It's mm-hmm. a charter school now. It was back then. It was a uh, private. Uh, I actually happened to go to private school. In right. K through eight. Right. Um, and uh, that building was uh, facing Washington Park. It's a. I'm not sure what what building it is now. I think I know what building you're talking about. Yeah, it's like yeah. on the corner of Halsey. Yes. And that in like the first street of Washington Park. It's like right yeah. there. Like an older building? It's like an older building. Very nice yep. older building. I Very know nice older yes. building, yep. So like I spent a lot of my growing up right. youth in that area, you know what I mean? Washington Park to Military Park to downtown North Border Market. Right. And to see it change. You know what I mean? Nothing was at the Han building my entire life. Right. Until now. Right. You know what I mean? I'm 24 now. So right. It's, just, it's crazy development. It's nuts. And I think since I've seen it since 08, I mean, I literally I literally felt. You don't just see. You experience it. And you know this, obviously. Because mm-hmm. you were there much longer. But, you know, I used to walk. If you're walking from, you know, Rutgers, Newark to Penn Station. Mm-hmm. And it was nighttime. You were like, you know, this is it's deserted. There's no one around. You got to go from the Haynes Building. It's all deserted old buildings across Military Park, which is deserted. Through you know, and now mm-hmm. it's this lit up, bright urban center with a bunch of people, and it's a pleasant sightseeing, you know, scenic walk. And I think that's just one section of the city, and we'll talk about more, I'm sure. But you know, I really have seen it exponentially change and develop. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was you know that that's a that's part of my experience going mm-hmm. to school. Here. Did you did you um know that it was changing? Like yes. how how involved which were you? Excuse me, how involved were you in like the beginning stages of like seeing it happen before it actually happened? Like take me back to that. Like where where were there any like websites that you followed? Yes. Any like newspaper that you read media publication that you read to like pay attention to these things yeah, so in- or did you kind of like notice it first and then catch up on it interestingly i mean i i'm kind of an explorer you know what i mean and i like history and as i said i'm really big into new jersey history so i first i'm kind of looking around and i'm just seeing look at this old you know building what did this used to be a factory a department store What what is all this and i started researching individual buildings and things of that nature first and seeing the history you know that that uh, Wars of America um, uh, sculpture in the middle of Military Park was done by the same guy who did Mount Rushmore. Believe it or not, and not a lot of people know. Philip, say that one more time. You you, you lost me <laughs> so, with that. So say it one more time. That big sculpture that's at the kind of at the front of the sword. You know, you know, in Military Park, that big okay. sword that now they now have flowers in. And yeah, they have, absolutely. That big sculpture that's got all the. You know, it's it's a it's a I guess a bunch of it's Americans. like a military yes. type of shrine. Yes, that sculpture called mm-hmm. the Wars of America mm-hmm. was sculpted by the same, same guy, guy who designed and and you know oversaw the construction of Mount Rushmore. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of things like that about that park and about you know the city of Newark that have not only historic even Washington and Lincoln Park as well. Why yes. is the name Washington Lincoln Parks? After Washington, yes. after Lincoln, he's, so. he's, he was here. Yeah, and I think not only the, are these things uh, relevant to the city, but they're relevant to the country. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, back to your initial question, once I had 
took, taken an interest just from walking around. I did find there is a, a website. It's called Wired New York. Okay. And there's a sub-forum on it. It's like a message board site. And there's a sub-forum called Newark Development. It's just a thread. Yeah. This thread has been going on since, I think, 2002. Wow. A, a thread. And it has been people just updating it and discussing development plans for Newark since 2002. And not a lot of people know, but not the previous mayor, but the previous mayor, Sharp James, when he got New Jersey Performing Arts Center to be mm-hmm. constructed downtown, there were several phases to a Newark downtown development plan. And I found these plans online. If you search Newark downtown living development plan, something like that, mm-hmm. there's a 2006 document that outlines, it's a big document, mm-hmm. outlines the city's future plans for the development of the city of Newark. Yeah. And so a lot of the things you're seeing even now have been in the works and have been envisioned for almost 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah. So I found out about those things. So I didn't know a lot of it was coming. Yes, the, and okay. that's how I found out. Okay. Um, is there any type of redevelopment project that you're most excited about? Up and coming or in the second part to that question is probably, is there any redevelopment project that you think is flying under the radar, which could be really special one day? I think really, uh, I think an interesting, an interesting thing, you know, just some of the downtown things they're doing, they just sold the Newark Bears Stadium, which I think was a little disheartening, but they're yeah. going to build. It was, I actually found that out today. Yeah. It just happened two days ago. So. Yeah. I just found that out today. Very disheartening. Yeah. See, I like this. It was a perfect entertainment type of complex. You could throw festivals there. Yeah. Huge concerts. You could bring huge artists to Newark, and they sold it to make, uh, like, apartment buildings. Right. But interestingly about that, I mean, we have the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. We have Mm -hmm. Newark Symphony Hall, and we have uh, the Rock, the Prudential Center. Yep. So I think it's interesting that, while that's disheartening, because I agree, and I love the aesthetic of that stadium. But putting the high-rises there with condos and things, and then down the street at Rector Street, Shaquille O'Neal is behind the construction of another residential town. Around the old Science Park. Yes. Science High School, rather. Yes. And I think it increases the skyline, and it... it, 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 I can't really picture it right now, but... I know. It's going to look crazy. It's going to look crazy. It's going to add big buildings to the skyline of the city. And that's another interesting thing, is anytime you add a a big building to the skyline, which which you see now when you're driving in from 21, from the north, or from the south... Mm -hmm. uh, Newark used to have a lot of buildings that were there, but they weren't lit up at night. Mm-hmm. And then other buildings that were never built. But now, with the new Prudential building, they relit the building at Washington Park uh, that used to be the law school, the old insurance old Rutgers building. building. Yeah, now that when you drive past... I haven't seen that building lit up yet. Though. Oh, it's beautiful. you got to check. It's it's huge, and it's lit up so beautiful. I know. I noticed that they redeveloped everything as far yeah. as like, new windows, and they probably yeah. like, gutted the whole insides of it. They, it's beautiful, apparently. So, Have you been inside yet? Not or yet, no? but I've seen pictures. And it, okay. it's all marble inside. you, you got to go in. There's public space in there. So you gotta. we, we could take a walk down there one day and go in and check it out because i mean by public spacing like anybody can walk in. yeah there's certain space that's designated for public space i don't know exactly the extent of that but i'm pretty sure there's there's areas where the public can hold conventions the public can go in and read or do whatever else because it is right next to the library but does Rutgers still own the building yes it's a rutgers building the chancellor of rutgers newark lives on the top penthouse which is like a whole two floors Mm -hmm. and graduate students uh live in the building and there's already Yes. Yeah. It's it's fully functional. Yeah. I, I was told that they have a, a very nice um like party hall. Yeah, they that, do. Like a yes. very like a crazy one. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And if you think about it, if it's on like one of the top floors, you have one of the best views yes. in the entire city. Yeah. So that, that space is going to be open, I think, to all kinds of public events in the city. So the city can host things there. Organizations can host things there. So to answer the first part of the question, just the overall development of, you know, vertical new buildings and all. Mm-hmm. Skyscrapers. I, yes. That's what you're excited about. I'm excited about it, but that's not what – I just wanted to add that in there because it's cool. But that's not what I'm only really excited about. What okay. I think is very exciting is a few blocks from where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And that I also think is under the radar is the development of Lincoln Park in the Lincoln Park District. Okay. Which we're in right now, yes. technically. Yes. And look, I like how the place is here. You know, I like Yeah, we studio. didn't get to that, but it's... <laughs> the studio is set up very nicely for a studio, but then also, I mean, the place we're in right now, I dig it, man. It's 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 got that vintage, really nice, like, yeah, classic it, feel. I'm not sure if you had any... You probably didn't have time to read the um, awning on the outside. This is a no. historical site. Right. Uh, for uh, Effa Manley and the North Eagles. Uh, right. Who, uh, who used to live here, the owner yeah, of the see, North that's Eagles. See, cr- that's crazy. Used to live here, so that means, like... Negro League players, probably yeah. probably like the best Negro yeah. came in and out of this building that's all the nuts. time. See, and, that's yeah. And I think Lincoln Park, and it's a microcosm of a lot of other real nice historic neighborhoods in the city. Mm-hmm. Forest Hill, uh, uh, Weequake. Uh, they are slowly redeveloping the Lincoln Park District. And the Lincoln Park District, I just think, you know, if you take your time, and this is for anybody listening who's from the city or not, drive around the Lincoln Park District and just look at the aesthetic, okay? Mm-hmm. It's made to be a beautiful area and a nice, just really classic, vintage, nice residential area. Yeah, and neighborhood. It's, yeah, neighborhood. Neighborhood. And it's it's roaring back. And I think I, so. Yes. You know so. But it's it's I know so, but I know it's under the radar. That's why I thought it was okay. an interesting thing because not a lot. Some people know about it, mm-hmm. and it's slow but sure because it's it's a little bit further down Broad Street. This is true. But it's it's happening. And I think once that happens, I think it's going to be one of the nicest districts in the city. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Well, I take that as a compliment because <laughs> I, I live here. Yeah. But uh, if you got, if you just stick, bouncing off that, mm-hmm. you got to talk about the 60 Nevada building um, and like the lofts that are right here on Washington now. Right. Brand new that have yet to open um, right. right now. And then you got to talk about. They still have like a potential to build within that little Halsey triangle yes. down the street. Yes. Um, you know you have City Without Walls right there on the corner. Yes. And they already kind of developed some new loft spaces and mm-hmm. apartment buildings, but majority of that Halsey Street yes. um, is still kind of underdeveloped and underbuilt. Yes. So I'm interested to see what they do with that, you know, because they built something right across the street from it. And, of course, the building um, that's kind of near that Papa John's on Broad Street yes, that yes. burned down, what yes. the hell are they going to do with that as well? They you know are, what I mean? Well, they Just, have the, the Four Corners Project, south of Market. South too. of Market, yeah. yeah. That's supposed to be building um, this summer. Yeah. And, and I think what you see, you mentioned, you know, there's Teacher's Village over there in Halsey, and then there's patches that are underdeveloped. I think what we have now is, is a big patchwork, right? If you look around the city from from all the way down here, all the way up to, you know, where 280 is up almost to the north ward, mm-hmm. there's a patchwork. There's like, this is getting redeveloped. This is getting redeveloped. And then there's patches in between that are underdeveloped. And I think what you start to see is they start connecting. Now. Yeah. And it's, it's, you build over here, then a couple blocks over here, then a couple blocks over, and we start filling in the gaps now. Yeah. And the whole downtown, which is a huge area, and it's, it's only still a tiny part of the city. The city's huge, you know, mm-hmm. the whole city. I think the patchwork's starting to connect now. 
Okay. And I think over time you're going to see a lot of people already own these underdeveloped areas mm-hmm. and they're waiting to develop them. So I think we're going to see even more. And it's going to keep exponentially happening. You know, yeah. every year it's going to be more and more than it was the previous year. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I know we spoke about that a long time ago, that theory right. that redevelopment in, in, in places like Newark, you know, First of all, we got to talk about like places like Brooklyn or Jersey right, City, right. places that have been kind of maxed out, yes. right? In, yes. in, in their development, it was slow, slow, and then it speeded yes. up, speeded up, speeded up. Speak about that theory and how it relates to Newark, how the process, when we're going to start to start seeing maybe five years from now, more yes. and more things just sprouting up. Sprouting I think up. five years from now, I mean, you already have the New York market and the, the Jersey City Hoboken market, which is getting to be maxed out. The Jersey City's still building high density buildings you know they're building skyward because they don't have enough geographic space on the ground like Mm -hmm. we have a lot more a lot a lot more space and i think the real estate market in and of itself that shows a trend to to people moving into to cities and to the new york market feeding you know cities that are close by newark's connected to new york uh via rail lines transportation and obviously the trains the airport the port there's a couple things to discuss when we talk about gentrification and, and, and things building up. And I think there's it's multifaceted. I think on one end, it's always a good thing because there's there's taxes coming in, there's more rateables coming in, and that provides more revenue for the city to spend in some of the outer wards that could use more investment. Mm-hmm. The other angle, though, is something that gets discussed a lot, especially in terms of Brooklyn, especially in terms of Jersey City now. Is what? Is that when you gentrify a neighborhood, sometimes you tend to push out residents that have been there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a problem. It is. Interestingly, I think Newark is uniquely positioned to be a, a experiment kind of on the forefront of, an, of a city where you have gentrifying areas and you have an influx of people not from the city, but you are not pushing out people who have been here. And I say that for a couple of reasons. First, just, you know, bare facts. Newark's huge. The political system in Newark, the sentiment in Newark, it's going to make it tough for people to just start coming in and pushing people up. Mm-hmm. But I think beyond that, so the space is, is an issue. I don't think there's enough people or enough gentrification mm-hmm. to overtake this huge city, number okay. one. Uh, well, one thing I will say, I, I interviewed um, Rashawn Davis, who ran for the West Ward Council. He's, he's like my I've age. met him, right. Yes. Yeah, so like I met, I, I spoke with him on the War Report in an episode that hasn't right. dropped yet. Um, it's going to drop this week. But um, he spoke about like, you can't really say like there's a lot of gentrification in Newark. Right. Simply because buildings like the Han building or like buildings like the New Prudential building, nothing was there. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, so like, right, and, and you're talking right. about filling out the gaps. Yes. So like, for example, what, what they just built down the street, nothing was there before. Right. So you're not really pushing people out. You're more bringing new people in. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Rather than pushing people out. I agree with that. I think Newark's population used to be near 600,000 at one point in the 20th century. Now it's down right under 300,000. Mm-hmm. So we have, we can double our population and we have the space to do it. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to, you know, no one has to leave. But I think also, not just that point, which is a great point, the culture here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think downtown, you've probably noticed this too. We start to kind of meet the same people and we start to know the same people. Basically, we're forming kind of a community downtown here. We're forming yep. 
about. Something special. Yeah, a city that we all kind of know each other. And it's, you know, you hear about the 60s and in the village in New York where all the poets got together. And you hear about all these different neighborhoods, historically prominent places where groups of people got together and did something special. Mm -hmm. And I think this city is one of them. I don't think the people that are moving here, people like me, for instance, I didn't grow up here, but I came in here recently. And I'm, you know, I'm of the ilk of, okay, a young professional, a young attorney. It's funny, I'm the first white guy in here. And, you know, I'm one of the white people moving in. But the mentality I have and the kind of the 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 culture that I'm forming with people that I meet and my friends in Newark, many of whom are from the city mm-hmm. and now are, are involved in this downtown arts culture and things, and some who are not from the city but who have moved in, we're forming this group of people in this culture that is an intermingling of people local and people who are moving in. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot in Jersey City, Hoboken, you had just an influx of people who... Wanted to live in New York. Wanted to form their own thing in yeah. somebody else's space. Where I think here, okay, you have people coming in that want to get involved with the people already here, and the people already here want to get involved with the people coming in. Yeah, and I just see it as more collaborative. Ooh, yeah, that's an you interesting know what I'm, point. You know what I mean? We're we're all participating in it mm-hmm. now. It's not I'm going to move into this block, and I want everybody else like me to move into this block. Yeah, no, it's I want to move in this block because I like the people that already live on this block, mm-hmm. and I want some more people like me to move in the block. We're all going to move in and form our own community. Okay, and it's happening. I think. I mean. Okay. The Halsey Street had like a pop-up festival last summer. Mm-hmm. I missed it. It was cool. It and, was. And, 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 and there was art exhibits at the Gateway Center. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, what do you what, what's your opinion on the art scene right now and how that's starting to formulate? I felt like the Open Doors event that yeah. they had this year was like way above the expectations that I'm yeah. uh, ex- like, uh, used to seeing it at. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... How do you compare that? I'm not sure of your your art history, you know what I mean? But how do you compare that to other spaces like Brooklyn or Jersey City, you know, as far as Newark's art scene? I think Newark's art scene is growing. Mm -hmm. I think it's already got some really talented artists and some really cool things that we do. Like the whole Gateway Center, you walk through and it's art everywhere and they have different exhibits rotating. Mm -hmm. We had the opening party for one of those exhibits at the Skylab at Hotel Indigo. And Mm -hmm. Starsky, he... uh, He's a prominent guy around here, and yep. he, he runs a lot of things, and he was participating in that. So I think the art scene is a unique one. I think it's growing, and I think it's, again, got a ton of space and potential to grow because I think, yeah, Brooklyn has a good art scene, and it attracts kind of what people call the hipster element, you know, and yeah, they okay. come in there, and they're and they're, they're important because they're artist-type people. But Newark's got a different version of hipster, I think, and a, mm-hmm. and a different... A different level of intellectual creativity from people moving in here. It's funny. So many people I meet have some kind of background, even if they're not doing that now. Like I do in music or in mm-hmm. art or in some interest in mm-hmm. creativity. Yeah. They're more regular people down to earth yes. than, more than hipster, yes. following trend type of Yeah, people. they're not living necessarily a life of art. Like I'm moving to Brooklyn because it's so art. You know, like it's more like <laughs> I'm moving to Newark. No, it's like I'm coming to Newark because I, I dig the city. I can afford to live in the city. It's not overpriced like somewhere like Hoboken is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm a regular person and I want to. I want to be a professional or engage in my 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 everyday job, but mm-hmm. then at night, I want an art scene. I want people that I relate to who go to mm-hmm. Dukes to listen to live jazz, you know, or go mm-hmm. to uh, the new loft that they have that with art space, so I can go to an art exhibit. And I think it's a it's a community of everyday people who have all kinds of artistic and non everyday interests. Okay, which is part of the even look at where we are now, right? I mean, if you got an interest in in, in 
classic architecture, you know, and, and an aesthetic that looks good, you know, just like artistic architecture. Mm-hmm. You might be a regular dude who just wants to live in a place and raise a family, but don't you want to live in a nice older place that mm-hmm. has that artistic integrity? Yeah. That's the kind of thing Newark gives to people. I okay. Think. Okay. You spoke a little bit. You, I mentioned, you, uh, excuse me, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the nightlife. You mentioned yeah, the nightlife. Yeah. Now, <laughs> in my opinion, I'm 24. It's missing a lot to be desired in right, the nightlife. Right, you know what I mean? You're right. a little bit older, right. so you may feel differently on that right, aspect. Right. Um, and I spoke with somebody earlier today who mentioned, you know, as far as, like, redevelopment, like, the, the nightlife comes last. Yes. You know what I mean? Which yes. was an interesting point. What's your, what's your take on the nightlife here in North New Jersey? So, interestingly, I mean... Being 30 years old, I went through the 20s and I had my nightlife and I was promoted clubs, went out a lot, all that. Mm-hmm. And growing up in Monmouth County, of course, I had the shore. So I know about, you know, nightlife and whatnot. I think it, it definitely has, a, it needs to grow in Newark. I mean, it's not, it's not as blossomed as you want for, for especially mm-hmm. somebody your age. I mean, it's not as if. It's, pre- it's pretty terrible. It's, <laughs> I, you know. That's the only thing. That's the only like this city gives you so much hope on a daily basis right. to like build here, right? And then uh, at the same time, do, it, like it lets you down as yeah. far as like your options. I think so. So here's the deal. I mean, there's there's. I think it's it's partially there, and it's not even close. But it's getting there. What I mean by that is, you know, growing up in Freehold. I mean that's that's a suburb, and I'll tell you right, there is no nightlife there. There's a couple bars that you know. 50, 60 year old people go to to do like karaoke for uh, you know eighties rock bands. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. So it's it's it has potential in that it's a city. So sometimes if I'm bored on a Friday night, I can just walk out of my apartment, walk across the street. I go to Hotel Indigo. I start you know have a drink there, leave there, go to the play you know some place on Edison Place like Taste Venue. Mm-hmm. Then I'll walk over to you know I go through the train station, go to the Ironbound, and there's Bellows down there, and I have a couple drinks there, and then I can go up to University Heights, go to McGovern's. It's not anything like Hoboken or the Shore or Jersey City where there's bar after bar that's popping. Yeah. And I think it's 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 both. It's partially we don't have a lot of bars open yet. We don't have big walkable spaces, which I think mm-hmm. Halsey's working on becoming. And I think Edison Place and now Market Street, if you look at Market Street down by Mulberry Street, now they open they open Dino Barbecue, then they open Chipotle and they're they're mm-hmm. more buildings are for sale yeah. all the way up to Broad Market. It's gonna take years, but that's gonna happen. But yeah. at least they got some lofts on the yeah. upper And I met people spaces. there during a snowstorm, believe it or not, and there's like a flight attendant lives there, a couple lawyers. Interesting. It's interesting people moving in here. But it needs work and it's not like, you know, when I bring my friends from out of town, mm-hmm. I'll take them out for a good night. I mean, one night we went out. And interestingly, you know, we wound up at McGovern's in University Heights. I ran into my buddy there who I met another night, and he wound up taking us to a, a warehouse party in, mm-hmm. in the Ironbound. That's, you know, an underground warehouse party. You wouldn't really know about it. And that went on until 5 in the morning. And that, I didn't let me, know about it. Now, see, let me tell you something. That was popping. Like, it was a cool warehouse party, okay? There was cool, like, uh, neon graffiti on the wall. There were couches. DJ was killing it. There was a bar. So... So there's my point is there is a nightlife that you gotta really find and you gotta have for out of towners it's harder because you gotta. I was with one of in towners yeah, it's see, sounding hard because I haven't see, heard about this spot. It's, I know in towners lived here for years Bell. that hit me up and they're like, "Do you know any warehouse parties tonight?" Because I went there now because I brought a couple friends with me, not from mm-hmm. here, and they, you know they because I was there, I was able to kind of navigate. I knew people who knew people and were like, mm-hmm. "Yo, let's go here, let's go there," and we found the spots. So my point is. 
There's spots that are there that you got to really seek out. I think over time, once more people decide to stay open later, because people close at mm-hmm. 5 o'clock, you know? But once... Again, it goes back to, to what we talked about with cohesive culture that we're forming now. Mm-hmm. We're friends. We know each other. So now I tell you about the warehouse. We tell each other to meet each other at this bar. We start to form a group of customers yeah. to go to bars. We, we, we are the crowd. Yeah. And then once we become the crowd, I've noticed that. Sometimes I go out and it, the crowd is all of us. Mm-hmm. And once we become big enough and robust enough and consistent enough, I think more business owners will stay open to cater to us. So I think it's a process. The more people that move in, the more people that come out, the more mm-hmm. of us that get together, we kind of form the scene. We form the nightlife. And I think it's going to be a process. And the beauty is we could hop on the path train, go to Hoboken, Jersey City like that and come right home. So yeah. it's not like we're far away from it. But I think Newark's nightlife is going to come up. It's going to be a matter of uh, us forming our own scene, you know, us being the scene. So it, it's tough now, but I think, okay, you know, I'm optimistic, but I'm very optimistic about everything you could tell. You know? yeah, okay. No, no. I mean, <laughs> a lot of things that we're discussing are like actively happening. So, right. Like if, right. We, if you could take a tra- time uh, travel back to like three years ago. And uh, you were still optimistic then, and it's, right. it's happening. Right. So, right. W- one question I wanted to ask you sure. though is: uh, new people moving into the city means mm-hmm. new voters. Yes. So, like, do you do you play any role here politically? And if so, like, what do you think new voters means as far as Nork in the future? You know what I mean? As yes. far as I, politics I think- wise. So I've always been into politics. I mean, there's no secret. I'm very into politics. We could talk about politics a little later, too, if you want. I mean, I'm, I heard you talk about another show. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. So, I mean, I'm always down to talk about politics. Um, I think it plays a role. And I think the city's unique. And I think this city, if you go all the way back to Robert Treat, the founding of the city, mm-hmm. the city's been a tale of really, you know, four to five mini cities within the city. And I think... Each ward now, and if you're not familiar with Newark, you know, you don't necessarily know the wards the way I do or somebody who lives here, but you have the West Ward, you have the East Ward, you have the South Ward, you have the North Ward, you have the Central Ward. And mm-hmm. within those wards, you have neighborhoods. You have Forest Hill, you have Broadway, you have uh, Weequake, you have Valesburg. And, and I think that the story politically of Newark has been one of competing political interests and it's actually a fun place to, to work in a campaign and things because it gets crazy and it's it gets it's it gets wild crazy yeah crazy isn't even it, the, the word it, and it's so interestingly it's always been like that because i did research yeah but so what i'm what i think it's wild though new people moving in i think i think it does something with the dynamic as far as the power balance in the city i mm-hmm. think that what we're going to see politically is the east ward has traditionally been like an immigrant stronghold and so has the north ward mm-hmm. uh, and I think the East Ward is slowly converting now into somewhat, there's still the heavy Portuguese population and, and things like that, and now Brazilian. But you're also seeing now people, the downtown crowd started getting mm-hmm. into the East Ward too. Really? A little well, bit, yeah. Not and, really. I'm on, I don't want to sound surprised. You're not the first person I heard right, this from. Right. But again, I don't live in the East Ward and right. I don't really hang out there right. very often. Well, you so should hear I there. It's really, fun. I haven't really seen <laughs> right. a lot of. Uh, People that I would like deem out of towners right. out in the East Ward, you know what I'm right. saying? When I'm in the East Ward, I I always see Portuguese, yes. Brazil. Now, like it's still very strong yes. overtones of that type of culture yes. in the East Ward, in no, my opinion. Don't get it twisted. It's still heavily Brazilian and heavily Portuguese. Yeah. But over time, it is people, and I know some of the plans. So, for instance, um, uh, one of the restaurants over there, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, 
Why am I drawing? It's one of the most famous restaurants. It's right by. Oh, uh, Iberia. Iberia. It's Iberia with the big parking lot. Okay. That's for sale, that parking lot. They're going to try to build a high rise there so people can access the train station. Really? So that's going to be another commuter based thing. Overall, the Ironbound is still going to have its Portuguese and its its Brazilian undertones. The Rodizio, and that, that's part of the attraction. People mm-hmm. like to be around that. That's not going to change, but I think it's going to be a little more mixed. Mm-hmm. I think downtown is going to be a ultra-diverse part of the city. And I think that's going to be where the balance of political power kind of, kind of changes a little bit. I think the North Ward is... It's heavily uh, immigrant now. Mm-hmm. It was heavily Italian uh, years back. It's heavily uh, a lot of uh, Latino population now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's pockets that are going to have an influx of people that, you know, for instance, if I stay in the city when I want to buy a home, maybe I'll go to the Northward so I can have a yard and whatever. But I think overall it's going to stay mostly Latino. And I think the West and South Ward, they're predominantly African-American parts mm-hmm. of the city. They have been for years. And I think that's going to stay that way. And I think what's going to happen, though, now is instead of it being, you know, kind of this Latino power base in the north, sometimes coupled with the east and then pretty much a a black power base, the rest of the city. I think the central ward and the downtown area is going to be this mix of Mm -hmm. and I I see everything in downtown. now. There's African-American people. There's white people. There's Indian people. There's Mm -hmm. Asian people. There's the school population. It's going to be this. Yeah, very diverse. Yes. types of all types of cast down. All types of people. And I think what's going to happen politically is the votes are going to – there's going to be a downtown element that's going to be a swing vote. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a a middle-class vote mm-hmm. most of the time. Almost and like it, more universal rather yeah, than yes. voting for this guy because, because he, he's yes. from my neighborhood. Yes. It's okay. going to be – That's going to be the swing vote. Yeah, and I think there's going to be guys from that neighborhood and girls from that neighborhood – who represent that diversity, and they're going to represent the interest of the downtown district, which mm-hmm. I think we're all going to be kind of a part of. The the artistic people, the people living downtown, I yeah. think we're going to be a political decisive vote. We're going to have interests that we're going to mm-hmm. bring to the table. It's not just going to be the North Ward candidate mm-hmm. or the South Ward candidate. Yeah. I mean, the Central Ward, the, the downtown people are going to have kind of a swing vote, and I think it's going to change the politics in the city. I don't think tomorrow, I don't think next election, mm-hmm. but I think everybody knows, and I think it's it's something to get used to, that the downtown vote is going to be, and it's going to be a big vote, because the population is going to keep increasing down here. It's going okay. to change the dynamics. Okay, now, while we're still on the topics of different areas in the city, yes. why don't you think we see uh, other development in different wards, say like the West Ward, or like the number blocks, like how long does it take for a redevelopment to reach those areas, or will it never happen? I think, interestingly, I was was on one of these, because uh, I'm single, you know, I was on one of these, like, dating social media sites one time. I met some girl, and she was, like, you know, from, like, Wisconsin or something. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, you know, Midwestern lady. I'm like, you know, just bought a house in Valesburg. Valesburg's beautiful aesthetically, which is in the West Ward. Okay. So I number one, I think people kind of are, but it's under the radar again. I think under, there are some. Yeah, Bellsburg is under the radar. It's big time under the radar. But look, I think it's going to take a long time for some of those outer neighborhoods. How long? I think it's going to years. Our our lifetime. 
and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to sound. I'm not being pessimistic about that. I'm being optimistic, but it's think about how long it's taking to change downtown. Downtown is still going to take. I mean, it's not at its pinnacle, and it's going to take to be at its pinnacle, like what I think it's going to be with huge new towers and all of the neighborhoods downtown being just one big metropolis of like. Mm-hmm. You know, beauty. It's gonna. That's gonna take twenty years or more. Wow. So, so you got to think about it. Ten years is gonna be a lot. It, we're gonna see the progress every year. Yeah. It's gonna keep getting nicer. But I mean, it's pinnacle. Yeah. It can be so great that it's gonna be a while before it reaches its full. Almost, potential. almost like twenty is, years is gonna be unrecognizable. Yes. 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 That's the pinnacle. Yes. Okay, I can understand. Yes. That. So I think. The outer wards, it's just going to take much longer because there's more to do. And again, the city's vast. It's huge. So it took the city 50, 60 years from about 1900. People don't understand it. The city was declining in some of these areas mm-hmm. in 1900, not just 1967, not just 1970. Mm-hmm. After the riots, yeah, riots was the pinnacle of the decline. That was where people were so disenfranchised mm-hmm. and so at wit's end that they rioted. But the decline happened before then, you know. So. Okay. It's going to take equal amount of time to rebuild it. What I think people don't understand, though, and this is my pet project, my pet peeve, my pet political thing, is integrated housing, integrated residencies. And I mean that on the basis of race. I think that's a that's a good thing for people is integrated housing on the basis of race. Racially mixed mm-hmm. neighborhoods, I think, are what we need. What does that mean? What I mean is that, and it's a, it's a long political story, but... There was policies in the United States in the 1940s after the World War II which disenfranchised black mm-hmm. Americans. And okay. it, it wouldn't allow people to reinvest because you couldn't get a mortgage. Basically, if, say you wanted a mortgage, the government started backing mortgages, mm-hmm. which made home ownership affordable in the 50s. And the only way to get a mortgage was the government backed it. And what they did, unfortunately, was if you wanted to buy a house in the city in Newark, whether you were white, black, or anything else, you had to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. But the government wouldn't back mortgages in the inner city because they wanted to encourage suburban sprawl. Yeah. They wouldn't give them loans, basically. Yes. Right? So you couldn't, white or black, you couldn't buy a house in the inner city. Okay. And a lot of African-American people, they couldn't buy homes in the suburbs because they wouldn't back those loans. Okay. So guess what? A lot of people got stuck in the inner city and without investment. By design. By design. Without investment. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what I think, so now we have this issue where not only are we, and this wasn't always the case, in early 1900s, America or anywhere else, poor and rich, black and white, whatever, you lived in the same cities, okay? You just, if you were rich, you lived in the high rise, and if you were poor, you lived in the tenement, but you lived next to each other, okay? Okay. Now, since the 50s, we have this thing where this town is where all the wealthy people live. This town is where all the poor people live. This is where the trailer parks are. This is where the projects are. Mm -hmm. That's a relatively 20th century phenomenon. And And we're reversing it. Because people are moving back in cities and mixing. Yeah, Not no just, matter how much money they have. Yes, okay. yes. Because they want to. They want to. Yes, yes. Because the city the, has always been more interesting anyway. Yeah, like, hell know, yeah. I don't know why people would never would want to... Well, again, I never had the luxury of living anywhere <laughs> right, else. Right, Other than when I was in college in Maryland and right. stuff. And trust me, I choose an urban environment, yes. wherever that is, in a, a large yes. city, over anything else. You yes. know what I mean? Just because... But then again, I don't have a family to raise. You we'll know, see. Or... That's that's the interesting thing. And there's twofold. Because one, I know we're going to talk about Jersey geography later, so I'll kind of leave this at a minimal. But if you look at the county map of New Jersey, I think the Star-Ledger issued a map. It mm-hmm. shows the counties and the areas that are contracting, like losing people, mm-hmm. and the counties that are gaining people. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, for the last 50 years, 
the urban core, Essex, Union, Middlesex has, lo- you know, not middle- Middlesex so much, but Essex, Union, Passaic, Hudson has been losing people, and the mm-hmm. outer counties have been gaining people because everybody's been going to the suburbs. Yeah. Over recent years, it's opposite. Everybody's leaving the suburbs and coming back here. Okay. And I think it's a generational shift. I mean, as people our age just want to live in cities. We want walkability. We mm-hmm. don't want to spend a ton of money in gas-guzzling cars. Yeah. We like, you know, choice in, in culture. And Listen, in man, having a corner store is... It's huge. extremely important yes. in my in, in my daily <laughs> yes. like the way I look at life and how I view things as far yes. as living and stuff like having yes. a corner store where I can go and buy yes. milk yes. is important to me. You yes. know what I'm saying? And we uh, before we uh go, go back in an hour, right. wanna, you know what I mean? Because we almost at almost like 50 minutes on this right. interview. You let's discuss some of this uh, the, the Jersey and stuff by county and some of your theories as far as the East versus West Jersey right. and okay. North versus so, South. Let's get into that right. now, so, all right? Because we so, just, we discussed a lot of so, Newark and everything. Right. Else. So I have one more point on the on the neighborhood thing, yeah, and then go we'll ahead. go to Swiss, So I make sure I address it. I think what people sleep on on the outer wards though is that there's already middle class population there, and they mm-hmm. have nice houses, and they maintain the houses, and they have good family structures and so i don't think Mm -hmm. the outer wards are so far off all they need is some investment for the blighted houses all they need is some attention from the city and from the state as far as police presence and things of that nature Mm -hmm. to help them along so i think once we get the tax base downtown they're underrated yeah and once we get the tax base downtown and funnel it out there i think there's a stigma about those neighborhoods which is undeserved because there's a lot of people there that are doing fine okay their neighborhoods aren't just a war zone, you know. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think once we invest in there, it's going to be better. But that's my last piece on that. Okay, no, that was a very yeah. important thing to, to right. raise. Yeah. So now, New Jersey. Here's New the Jersey. Yeah. Break down the state of New Jersey as far as uh, South Jersey versus North Jersey first. Like, so, what's your opinion on that? And uh, like, speak about how South Jersey doesn't really have much connection to at least Newark. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think it's funny because being from Freehold, it's really dead center in the center of the state geographically. Mm-hmm. And I, I would consider Freehold South Jersey. Right. Right. Especially Monmouth. When I think right. of Monmouth County, I think of South. Right. That's South Jersey to me. Right. Right. It's interesting. Now, when I go to Camden or mm-hmm. Princeton, well, not Princeton so much, but Camden or Cherry Hill or Philly. They say freehold. Oh, you're from North Jersey. So it's because of the perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Me having lived now in Newark and having lived in freehold and traveling all over the state. The truth is, I think the real divide of New Jersey is a cultural divide. And I think really if you were to draw a line mm-hmm. uh, geographically, if you were going to do north and south, it would be a diagonal line. Yeah, where would you cut the diagonal line? Like, it would, what, where would it? Where was the? Where's the main city that the diagonal line would go through? It would be a, a right, at, kind of around Trenton, and mm-hmm. it would go from the west part of the state, like near you know Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It would go now southeast, so it would go down towards Ocean County. I think Tom's River up is culturally part of North Jersey. Tom's River and north and up mm-hmm. and south Mercer County, like Princeton. And uh, uh, Camden and yeah, Camden, but Princeton and Trenton is really the dividing line because if you go to Princeton right now, or Mm -hmm. you go to uh, what are the towns out there, West Windsor, East Windsor, they're much more like Western or South Jersey than they are like North Jersey. And it's interesting because from Bergen County all the way down to Ocean County, people mingle. What I mean is they have family there or there, they travel. I'm going, you don't say I'm going to South Jersey if you say you're going to Belmar. You just say I'm going to Belmar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in Freehold. Oh, I'm in Asbury. Oh, I'm up in Union. I'm in Elizabeth. Oh, I'm in, you know, Teaneck. You don't say, no matter what part of that area of the state, New Brunswick, you don't say 
I'm going all the way out there. You just say the name of the town. Everybody knows where it is because we all kind of mix. We all go out all over <laughs> this area. But they have their own thing down there. Like you, if you're saying I'm going to Cherry Hill, you're like, oh, I'm going down to Cherry Hill. I'm going to South Jersey. So it's when you're in Freehold. Yeah, Freehold. If you're in Freehold, you consider Cherry Hill South Jersey. Oh, of course, because Cherry Hill's all the way down. Like, so yeah, Freehold is about 50 minutes with no traffic from Newark. Mm-hmm. It's easily an hour from Cherry Hill. And oh wow. And Atlantic City's an hour and a half from Freehold, but New York's an hour. So I mean, we mm-hmm. definitely consider. South Jersey, but but interestingly, a big part of Jersey says there's such thing as a central Jersey. So mm-hmm. if you're from Freehold, you say, I'm going to North Jersey mm-hmm. or I'm going to South Jersey. And mm-hmm. you don't think you live in either one. You think you live in central Jersey. Okay. After living in Newark, I'll be honest with you, I don't believe in central Jersey anymore. I think there's a north and a south. And the dividing line is where I said, if there were a central Jersey, the dividing line would be, you know, Route 78, I think. Which goes, you know, kind of through bottom of Newark, through Elizabeth and all that. And mm-hmm. up would be north. Between Route 78 and um, 195 mm-hmm. would be Central Jersey. And mm-hmm. beneath 195 would be South Jersey. But I, I inter- guess I kind of kind of would buy that, like the yeah. Central Jersey theory. Because if you look at it, too, I mean, where I'm from in Freehold, everybody's a Yankees fan. Everybody's a Giants fan. Yeah. Most people are from New York or Newark. Like their parents are from New York or Newark, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Staten Island. Do, no one, do you have a lot of guys who uh, commute, uh, commute to New York from uh, almost those all? Areas? I mean, everybody, almost, almost everyone, Newark or New York, almost a lot of. Them. I mean, mm-hmm. now they're getting their own population in Monmouth County too. So there's like people that work down there, Homedale and Red Bank, and but most people they might go to Trenton sometimes too. Mm-hmm. But the amount of Trenton people is so much less than the amount of New York commuters. You know, it's yeah. Whereas if you go further west or south, everybody's going to Philly, everybody's going to Trenton. I think that's the dividing line. You yeah. know, the culture is a northern New Jersey, New York area culture mm-hmm. from that line up, and from that line south, yeah. it's more of a Philly, South Jersey. Culture. So culturally, that there can never be a central. Jersey, it's only North yes. Jersey, which migrates to Newark and uh, New York. Yes, the South Jersey, everything is more Philly and uh, yes. Trenton based. Yes, okay, yes. makes sense, hundred percent. And then they have yeah. different words for and things. Yeah, they call subs hoagies and you know sprinkles jimmies apparently. And I, I sprinkles and I'm not, jimmies. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I found that out years later. I'm not knocking South Jersey because I do think we need a partnership. The whole state. I mean, Atlantic City, we got a rep, we got a rep can, and we got to invest everywhere. Mm-hmm. But there is that dividing line, and, and it's funny being from Freehold, living in Newark. There's a dividing line, and I think there's a north and a south. And I think depending on where you live, you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But we talked about at the bar when Jersey was initially founded, pre-Revolutionary War, it was two states, and it wasn't north and south; it was west and east. Mm. And if you look online, a lot of people don't know that. No, they don't. But look online, people, and look up East or West Jersey, and you will see a map of what it used to be. Interestingly, it's pretty much where I drew the line, except mm-hmm. the whole western part of the state, from Sussex County over and all the way down, was part of West Jersey. Mm-hmm. That included Cape May, and that included Cherry Hill, and that included Camden and Trenton and everything, mm-hmm. and plus the north part of the West Jersey, like Sussex County, Hunterton County. And, and then the east was Ocean County, Monmouth County, and then everything east-north, like Middlesex, Bergen, Union, Essex, Hudson, uh, Passaic, all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff near the water. Yeah, and if you look at the culture, 
because the eastern part was Dutch, which was more affiliated with New York because New York was mostly settled by Dutch. Mm-hmm. And Quaker was the western part, which was more settled by Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And the culture was different. And even if now, you could say Sussex, obviously, North Jersey, geographically. But go drive to Sussex. They got a lot more in common with Burlington County, which mm-hmm. is southwest, than they do with uh, Bergen County. So... That's really, in my opinion, the cultural dividing line of New Jersey. If you look on the map, you'll see is East and West Jersey. I think to this day, we congregate more around our East and West Jersey cultures. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize, so they just say North and South. But yeah. how many people talking about North Jersey are really thinking about, uh, you know, Warren County and Sussex County? No, they're not. They're not. They're thinking about Bergen County, Essex County. So, so that's the interesting tidbit about Jersey geography. Yeah, if you really want to get into yeah, it, if you, you really want to get you into really it. just broke it down for everyone out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, before you get out of here, yep. we're going to share some of your music. <laughs> All right. One time, break down your rap name, uh, the, the song we're about to display on the War Report, and uh, when it was released, man, and how people can check All it right. out. <laughs> now, Larry the Lawyer, Larry Crane, used to be uh, the rapper, Illuciato. Larry Crane, a.k.a. Larry the Lawyer, <laughs> a.k.a. Illuciato. Illuciato. And uh, we're going to play a song. I think this is a good song to go out on. Maybe it's uh, called Criticize My Hustle. Uh, I produced the beat, which I did with all my music. Uh, I produced the, the instrumental. And I wrote the lyrics. And I do the vocals on it. And I mixed and mastered it myself. It's called Criticize My Hustle. Uh, I think it was from 2011. It was right when I was just about to go into law school and put it down for a while. Um, if you want to check out any of that stuff, I mean, it's on YouTube. Just mm-hmm. just search Criticize My Hustle, search Luciato. It's I-L-L-U-S-C-I-A-T-O. Um, and look, that's a, that's a cool hobby that I'm proud of, so you could all check it out and vibe with it. You know what I mean? It tells you a little bit more about me than just my words. So mm-hmm. so check that out. And, uh, yeah, one shout thing. out to the War Report one time. Got to sign out. Yeah, that's a shout out to the War Report. And once again, I mean, thanks for having me. Yeah. And I uh, look forward to, to listening to more shows and, and to tuning in uh, every time you drop a, a new show. And look forward to being, uh, you know, hopefully invited back at some point to get yeah. back on the mic and, and be a regular participant. So, All right, man. Signing so. out, man. This is Criticize My Hustle. Criticize My Hustle. Peace. Later.
Your own shit is something that you can't do You just consume and watch when we make moves So continue to sit back in the group And don't criticize or revise until I ask you Get your own hustle while you criticizing mine Wasting all your time, need to get up on the grind Get your own hustle while you criticizing mine 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 Stop wasting time, need to get up on your grind Get your own hustle while you criticizing mine It took me a few years, but now I clearly see The music was alright, but they was latching onto me They loved the party, I supplied it for a fee They ran with me, cause of who I might be No goals, just reaching for some coattails How you lead that kind of life and don't fail And while you benefit and take some time off I'm in the trenches and absorbing all the cause It's not just rap shit, it's everything I do 100%, why's 20 go to you? And then when we talk, I think it may be misconstrued I need a purchase and some props, not a clue Why would I ever need to bounce it off of you? I'd rather ask one who's been through what I do And you still got mad dudes who just don't get it I try to block it out, but it's hard not to sweat it Get your own hustle while you criticizing mine Wasting all your time, need to get up on the grind Get your own hustle while you criticizing mine 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 Stop wasting time, need to get up on your grind Get your own hustle while you criticizing mine I disrespect the dude when his grind is overdue When he don't make the investment but returns is coming through When his bank account's low and I'm stacking all the dough But he had the opportunity and just said no Laziness is weakness, a groupie is a leech You got no right to preach if your words don't teach Got peasant soldiers and then you have kings With no grind, you're beneath them all That's the thing, that's the thing, that's the thing Criticize the mind, get your own hustle while you criticize the mind. Get your own hustle while you criticize.